friends. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad to be with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Some of you are listening to the podcast, and we're actually doing a video of this podcast today. I am interviewing Marty Burlesworth. Uh, Marty, Marty Burlesworth is, uh, is in uh, Arkansas, and uh, I watched the movie. The movie is called Greater, and it's about his little brother maybe little is not the right way to say it he was a football player uh, but nevertheless i watched the movie and i wanted to reach out to marty i'm not going to talk to you about the movie here i'll let marty set that up uh, but i was so intrigued and encouraged by the movie that i just wanted to talk to him and interview him about his brother and and the situation that happened to uh brandon and then also the life after uh, God has just done an amazing work uh, through his death. Uh, it's a phenomenal thing, and Marty can explain all of that, but I trust you'll be uh, encouraged by this interview with Marty. And also, I do highly recommend that you watch the movie Greater. I will put uh, links to uh, the Brandon Burlesworth Foundation as well as the movie uh, so that you can watch it and become more familiar with it if you are not. Marty, thank you so much for jumping on this interview with me. Absolutely, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's uh, my pleasure. I have lots of questions uh, for you. Uh, first of all, just uh, give uh, for our audience just a brief uh, overview of you know why there is a greater movie and, and what happened with your little brother. Right. Well, just, uh, just the as quick as possible, give the synopsis. Uh, Brandon was a, uh, uh, my younger brother by 16 years. I know in the movie it says 17, but I guess in movies, you gotta yeah. make it push it just a little bit further than maybe it actually was. But anyway, I was a lot older. So, uh, uh, but well, he, you, took, uh, you took care of one of my questions. Cause I was going to ask you that. Cause I was, I, I was doing all the research and what in the movie and I was getting 16 and 17. And so I wasn't there sure you go. Which, which one it was. Mm -hmm. And that's uh yeah. And I remember when first screen in the movie, I'm thinking, and I, I'm sure I probably saw that in the script, but I'm thinking, well, I guess 16 wasn't quite enough. So whatever doesn't, doesn't matter. But, uh, there was a lot of age difference. Just put, yeah. put it that way. And, uh, you know, he was just, uh, when, when we speak, my wife and I, when we speak it, uh, especially to young kids at elementary schools and where, where, wherever that is, whether it's where we're at in Arkansas or wherever around the country, uh, we emphasize that Brandon was just like any, any other little kid growing up. Uh, you didn't see, you didn't see what became an all American. I certainly didn't see that at eight or nine years old, awkward and, just, just, uh, not the, uh, you know, uh, you didn't or myself, I didn't really know exactly what is going to happen with this guy. That's why in the movie, uh, for those that have seen it, and if you haven't, like Rick said, we encourage you to see it. It's on, it's on Netflix now. And I, I tell you, we get emails, tons of emails daily from all over the country, people that have seen this movie, uh, because it's really, we think it's done that well. It's, it's a, it's a great story. But uh, in the movie, it basically starts out with my character uh, coming in and the lawn's not mowed and I come in griping and that was real. I mean, Is that true? So you, you, and and did, did you really call it? It may have even underplayed that one a little bit. That may be one case where they didn't, didn't overplay it. But, did oh, you, yeah, call because, it? you know, at that time, 
uh, we always, my, my wife and I joke, we talk about how great parents we were when Brandon was about that age. Uh, now, we didn't have any kids of our own, but we could tell you how to raise yours. And, we, you know, we all know people like that, that they're experts. Yeah. We we thought my mother was really, you know, said, oh, we've got to, you know, we got to put the hammer down on this guy. I've got to get a little motivation in him. You know, little did I know at that time that all that would, would take place. Did your mother, own. did your mother baby him? Oh, yeah. Because he was a baby. <laughs> he was the baby. I mean, there's no denying that. She won't deny that. She's 81 years old now, not in great health, but she would, she will own up to that, that, uh, and you called him, you called him cheesecake. I called him a lot of things actually, but yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, ab- so, absolutely. I mean, you were, you were 17 when he was born. I was actually 15, almost just coming up on a birthday. So okay. there's 16 years difference. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean that's different in itself. Uh, because yeah, that was really strange for a sixteen-year-old, you know, awkward sixteen-year-old trying to be cool, and you've got a baby <laughs> in the house, you know, and well, which I thought was great, but uh, wow, you know, okay, uh, but yeah, he was he was babied uh, so much, and and uh, I'll say this: we've got three boys of our own. Our youngest was um, uh, married in just this last May. And I can tell you this, he was the youngest. There wasn't that big age gap, but we knew that was the last one. And yeah, we still call him the baby and he got babied and he's a mama's boy. So, uh, so yep. we, you know, kind of came full circle. So, uh, we so, Bra- so Brandon, uh, well, I mean, you were a, a huge motivation uh, positive or negative, but uh, uh, at you, times it was both. Yes, exactly. Yeah, to get him off the couch. Uh, so, uh, why did he go out for the football team, the, the high school football team? And, and something that a lot of people don't know, and, and it really has no bearing on the story, is he was, he attended he, uh, where where our, my, our mother's house was was right on the borderline of going to one school or another school. Harrison, which is our hometown, or Valley Springs, a smaller school, uh, a basketball school, didn't didn't have football, did not have football. So in his seventh grade year, which is the first year at that time you could play football, he he transferred uh, to Harrison to to uh, to play football. He was always football size. You know, he was always generally bigger, other than just one small. Uh, period of time, his ninth or 10th grade year seemed like he, he was more undersized than most. And then he had a big growth spurt, but he, uh, he played, he was just like me. He wanted to play basically everything. And he was a whole lot like me in those early years because, uh, you know, he wasn't great. You know, he, uh, I worked at it and worked at it, worked at it and just didn't, uh, you know, I was okay, but not not what I wanted to be as far as because uh, I just did not have that ability and I was really concerned as time went on that he would be just exactly the same uh, but he but uh, he would come out and work out with our uh, I coached junior high baseball at the time you know and I, I uh, when he was 10 and our youngest was born when Brandon was 10 and so uh, but I, I'd have him come out with us just to shag fly balls. Uh, and this age group was like 13 to 15. 
but I'd have him come out. The reason that he wanted to come out, but I wanted him out, out there because we would run sprints at the end of practice, and I wanted him <laughs> doing that. And he never shied away from it. He ran them just like everybody else. But, I, you know, there was a double thing going on there. I was trying to get him in, in better shape. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that you would ever have ever called him lazy, but it, it had that look at, at an early age. You know, yeah, it's – and so was it his affection for the Arkansas Razorbacks that motive? Was that the thing that was pulling him through the whole time that he wanted to play for the Razorbacks? Yeah. And if you're not from our state or this area, you wouldn't understand. I mean, I say that with all sincerity. In our state, you know, we have no professional teams. We've had, you know, minor league. No, we have minor league baseball. I guess you could count that. But there's no – professional football there's no professional basketball one thing we are a smaller state and it would be extremely difficult to compete with the university of arkansas because in this state from corner to corner it's all razorback i yeah. mean we have other schools we actually even have a uh, another division one school arkansas state a really good school in jonesboro but, but the reach of the razorbacks is statewide and to to say uh in our state to say, I'm going to play for the Razorbacks. Well, that would be like saying, I want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it's, it, it's not it's not exactly the same here, but a similar. We're an hour from Clemson University. And, of course, there's more options uh, around mm -hmm. here than what you're describing. But nevertheless, I mean, everything is orange and uh, on sure. Sunday. Yeah, I, 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 like I mean, Saturday, I've been down there. I love it. I love it. I love yes. Clemson, yeah. Yes, Saturday, uh, the, the tiger tails are, are hanging out the trunks as they're as they're going down to the interstate, uh, heading toward mm -hmm. uh, Clemson, and so it is a big deal. But I can I can understand how it'd be so intensified in Arkansas, being that there aren't you know really sports teams there. And so he went to high school, uh, seemed to sit on the bench. Now I can only uh, let let me go at it this way. I've seen the movie, so that's all that I know. And, and so, what are are there differences? Uh, between what actually happened versus uh, what they presented in the movie? There may be some minor differences. If anyone wants to know, is the movie true? Absolutely. Does it capture what okay. happened? Absolutely. Did they change a few things up? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. But a lot of it would be like maybe something that I was talking to someone on the phone was in person in the movie. Uh, there may be there are several instances of characters being combined. And we've, I have learned over the years after all these different scripts written, I mean, the movie, it didn't just come together real quick. It, years of process, because one thing was an independent film. Right. Uh, and, uh, but we saw lots of scripts, you know, some that were good, some that were bad, some that were real bad. And then, we got what uh, they worked into what uh, ultimately became, you know, the working script, which I think was in, in, incredible. But uh, the uh, the scene where Brandon, young Brandon's playing uh, like little league or seventh grade football. Right. I was actually on the set that day, just happened to be on the set that day. And they they worked and worked and worked. Uh, almost ran out of luck because they had a high school scene to film later that day. But uh they worked on that shot of him wrapping up around a kid's ankle in the, and yep. it's in the movie trailer and the, right. the, the quarterback completes the pass. 
they worked on that so hard because that happened. That was not Hollywood. Uh, and there, I think it's actually in, the, there was a book that came out years ago, I think 2001 even, uh, Brandon's biography and the movie's based off of that. Uh, and I think it's even in the book, but you know, my dad and I were sitting in the stands when he, we, when he got to the quarterback and we thought he was going to make the big play and <laughs> it wrapped up around his ankle and his just he, standing well, there. Well, yeah. uh, his personality came through because he was tenacious. He would not let go. He was determined. Uh, it just didn't turn out uh, the way that everybody on, on his team anticipated. Right. Just for our audience's uh, sake, so Brandon went on. He played college ball. He did make it to the Razorbacks, and that's really just a, uh, the briefest way of saying it because it was way more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, – drafted uh, by the Indianapolis Colts, and then uh, 11 days after, uh, he was in an automobile accident, and, of course, he lost his life and, and, and so forth. And so that's what happened. And, of course, some of the accolades, I mean, he's considered the, um, uh, how would you say it, the number one walk-on yep. mm-hmm. in, in, in uh, college uh, or the, the BCS uh, era. Uh, he was mocked uh, uh, endlessly uh, from the time he started playing ball uh, all the way through Arca- or up into Arkansas. And then, of course, uh, his determination to turn himself into something. Uh, he was never promised uh, a scholarship. He got a scholarship, became a starter, et cetera, All-American, and made it to the NFL. I mean, he made it mm-hmm. uh, to the NFL and then tragically died coming home um, uh, one day to visit his mother uh, uh, in in Harrison, and so that that's, but that's not the end of the story. But that's why we're that's why we're having this interview. That's why the movie uh, happened. But God did so many amazing things. Uh, at, obviously, uh, after that, uh, I cried twice, uh, at least twice uh, during the movie, uh, maybe three times. Uh, I'll own two of them. The uh, and I was so affected by it that uh, I called a family meeting and and said that uh, hey we're watching the, we're watching a movie and I didn't tell them I didn't give any setup whatsoever I said hey we're just watching a movie it's clean uh, mm-hmm. and by the way it is a clean movie uh, for for those uh, who are interested in that there's a cu- a couple of things that maybe yeah you have to get your rating you have to get your rating where they where they think it ought to be so you throw a couple of words in just to. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Rick. It's 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 for everyone. That's for, and, yeah. and and another thing that you've said, in case anyone's watching that hasn't seen the movie, uh, there's no spoiler alert here. Uh, it yeah. opens up people that haven't seen it. What what you've said, what I've said, uh, you're going to know that about Brandon's accident immediately. And I think it's done so creatively and handled so well uh, that uh, you know that to begin with, and that's what. I think what really helps the flow and helps the, the setting, because I know that was a big challenge for the producer and the director and the screenwriter working on it was how to do this in a way that wouldn't just, you know, be terrible at the end. You, so you kind of open up knowing that it's still emotional. We know that. Uh, and that's yeah, I, okay. found, I found that part disappointing initially because mm-hmm. they gave me the spoiler alert in the first right. five minutes and it's like, oh man, I know how this is going to end, 
But you're exactly right. I haven't thought about it. I mean, I just remember that feeling when I first saw it. It's like, seriously? I mean, I already know uh-huh. the end. Uh, but but when you just said that, you're you're exactly right because then you go back and then it's just back and forth and present. Well, time you get you, you get caught up in it. I mean, yeah. you you forget everything and you just mm-hmm. get caught up in the story because it's so well written, and and you're pulling for him at every point of the way, whether he's on the couch eat, eating potato ch- chips or sitting on the bench at that uh, uh, little league football mm-hmm. game, whatever they call it. And then all the way through, you continue to pull for him, even though you do know the ending. So that they did, it was written uh, very well. I did want to ask you, so uh, the farmer on the bench uh, at the funeral, is, is that a true story of the guy? Who, in the movie, he's just antagonizing you. Yeah, that's a very interesting. I, I will, I'm going to give you a little bit of a long answer here because I've answered that a lot. That's what we we always call the question. And if the I, I question, wanted to hit, I wanted to hit him. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, uh, the uh, here's my long answer, and I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Uh, throughout this uh, 11 year process, it took to get this film made, and a lot of it was starts and stops, starts and stops, uh, and like I said, different scripts, some good, some not good at all. Uh, hire in uh, some big time people out of Hollywood uh, that have had a lot of uh, movie scripts, a lot of production experience. Uh, the producer had told me since it's an independent film to be that to, you know, the producer of this movie, you know, we were approached by Hollywood years ago, probably a year after Brandon's ice, I guess less than that. Uh, about doing a movie. And the question I had for people that were contacting us is uh, what uh, input would the family have on what ultimately, how the story's told. And and they were honest and said, none. Because once we, you know, retain the rights, we've got to make what we think is going to be a good movie. And we just weren't comfortable with that at all. You know, uh, there's no telling... It may that it may have been fine. It may have been really not good. It may have told uh, made Brandon out something that he wasn't. So we had a uh, a guy from Fayetteville, Arkansas, actually originally from Alabama, that but is a U of A graduate, just a businessman. Uh, set up a meeting with us in our hometown here. You don't hold that against him, do you? What from being from Alabama? Yeah, a little bit, yes. Yeah, still, still harbor hard, hard feelings there. But now he's a hog all the way. He's a hog, so all, okay. all the way. So he's he's been out of that state for a while. Yeah, we all kind of harbor here in the SEC West. Yeah, we're let's say there's a lot of jealousy against Alabama. Anyway, he came over to and met with us and said uh, a, a movie needs to be made about Brandon. I uh, he deserves it. He's earned it. That story needs to be told. Uh, I've never made a movie. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll hire the right people. I will learn. And his wife that was with him at the time made a statement, said whatever he says he's going to do, he does. She sold me. You know, so that, I know that type of person. That's the type of people I like to work with that stick to it and finish, you know, and mm-hmm. finish strong. So he, uh, he, uh, bought the rights, uh, you know, what, uh, all the, you know, any proceeds we had, you know, went to my mother, of course, and, um, and began work on it. And then was getting investors involved and having screen, uh, uh play written and different scripts. Uh, 
and then hiring professional people. At that time, he made the statement, now I, uh, the industry says I need to hire a name director in order to get legitimate, real actors to be in the movie where we don't, where, where they'll be attracted to it right. by a name director. So uh, he calls one day and he gives me the name of the director. I didn't recognize him, not that I would, maybe I wouldn't recognize the name of the director unless it's Spielberg, I guess, maybe I'd recognize that, that's about it. But uh, so he says, uh, it's David Hunt, and I asked where he's from, and he's from Springdale, Arkansas. Uh, my next question was, okay, what all has he done? And he said, well, he's not done a lot, but this is going to be his big breakout. So naturally, I'm not too uh, optimistic or fired up about the, the director hire. Uh, David Hunt sends me a oh gosh, four or five page synopsis of his vision, which was very impressive. Uh, but then David Hunt, the director, uh, began working on the script. David Hunt came and then they called one day and uh, the producer did this is Brian Randall and said, uh, already I'm thinking we're going down the wrong path here. You know, with me with no movie experience, but it just seems like it wasn't going in the right direction. He calls and says, we've got a new character. And I'm thinking, well, characters, that's made up stuff. You know what? Okay, well, who is it? And he said, he's, he's called the farmer. And all I can think is, I thought this was kind of a football-based movie and we've got a farmer uh, in the, and I, I didn't understand that. Then they sent the script. And then you saw, oh, I get it now. And the mm -hmm. farmer came about, David Hunt came up with the farmer, the guy that I didn't think was uh, worthy, I guess you could say, to, to work on this film or to get it done. And he came up with that farmer. Well, when they sent that script around, then you started getting actors in. But the farmer and David Hunt, I've asked him about, now here, here's the interesting part about this. Uh, the farmer, uh, we get questions, like we say, the question, who's the farmer? So as soon as we started touring around a little bit, I contacted David Hunt and uh, I said, who's David? They're asking me who the farmer is. You know, because in reality, the farmer, that's, there was no farmer per se, okay? There were people like that, okay, right. this movie. There were plenty of people like that. Uh, David, who's a farmer? And typical artist answer was, who do you think he is? And I said, no, no, they won't, they won't know who, who he is. And then he made an interesting statement that went way over my head. He said, well, is he, is he really there? And uh, yeah, David, I, in the movie, I mean, I'm, my character's talking to him. He said, well, who else is talking to him? And there's some football players that seem to make reference to him. But if you, when you watch it again, you will see that really maybe my character and some high school football players, high school football players by the name of Gabe mm -hmm. and Michael, <clears throat> maybe Gabriel and Michael seem to reference him. And so the farmer in, in one scene that's really powerful in the movie Michael is trying to get my character to 
come up and leave and the farmers on the other side trying to trying to keep me down so he said the farmer the director said the farmer is based off of basically what was going on you know in my head and uh just that whole situation so it's i don't think we'd have the same movie without the farmer yeah, I mean, it reminded me of C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters, uh, where you got good and evil, uh, you know, sitting mm-hmm. on your shoulders, basically, uh, and that's what he was doing. But it also ties into uh, the opening scene, you know, when they're looking at the uh, uh, yeah. Brandon's gravestone, uh, where they ask the question, you know, how does this make any sense? And that theme runs all the way through the movie how does this make any sense of course you're the central character your character is the central character in asking that question of course the farmer is antagonizing you trying to pull you over to the dark side basically mm-hmm. uh, that, that there is no god and there's no sense of this and uh, then your mother comes along at the top of the bleachers or maybe that's where she said it uh and i, I won't be able to quote that Exactly. Uh, if this life is the only life that we have, yeah, then you right. know that. And I'm paraphrasing here, sure. but then that makes sense. Uh, but if there's more to it, uh, then there is sense to be made of it. So I have a lot of questions about that. First of all, is was that the warfare uh, in your head? I mean, were you really struggling with God at that moment? I didn't. I wanted to be angry, uh, and I think I was. Some that was my faith tested. I, I just can't admit to that, I guess, or, or, or say yes, because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to think that for a minute. Uh, but it was extremely tough. And also for any of your viewers that are, uh, understand that when you see the movie, everything's condensed down to two hours. Okay. Right. So, the the uh, you know my character comes out well on the other side, but I, I wouldn't want anyone thinking well, it just took two hours and he got it and he was it's it was all good. The uh, it doesn't happen that way and it happens at different times for different people and we we've uh, we've uh, talked with a lot of people that have been in similar situations and you know everyone when you lose someone you're on your own time frame and no one can tell you. Uh, when it's time to get over it's the wrong word because uh, I mean you yeah. need to but I don't know what you ever do but you you right. deal with it you, you deal yeah with and uh, it's it's and that's a good that's a fair point to make because after you had the little chat with your mother you went running into the gymnasium and right and and everything was uh, fine and it, it it ended as well as it possibly could but you're sure. you're right grief grief is not that cooperative and and. Uh, and you would not know this about me, but I've, I've had two brothers who were murdered uh, 10 years apart. And, uh, and so I know what that's like uh, mm-hmm. in that sense. Uh, to lose a brother, uh, that it just, you can't speed it up. You just got to work through it. And, and it's not the same for everybody. And no. as I, I've, I've even seen that within our own family. You know, some people can work through it more quickly than others. You know, they just really carry it in a harder way uh, for many, many years. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and you know, and at that, and we had we had a lot of tragedy. Uh, that's. Uh, I mean, you don't put stuff like that. You can't put everything in a movie. But uh, within the two years, we had four 
family deaths. My dad, of course, that's in the movie. Uh, my wife's uh, mother was murdered by her uh, uh, husband of 10 years. Wow. Uh, that one was blindsided by that one. Terrible uh, murder-suicide. Your wife's uh, what? Your, your wife's what? My wife's mother was murdered by her husband. It's not my wife's father, but they, Step, they'd been married about 10 uh, but it was my wife's mother, who, and they were very close, and I was very close, and and uh, with them, and and uh, tell you, you talk about a boy having to grow up. Uh, uh, Brandon was in one weekend, that weekend, and he and I, I said, "Well, I need you to go out with me, and we got to clean that house up." So it was a you know bad scene, and we're just you know dragging stuff out and putting a burn pile, just you know without getting into detail. It wasn't wasn't good. Right. And uh, but he went right out there with me, and you know, in times like that, and any times like this, you just got to take care of business. The way I always put it, you know, with my dad when he died, just take care of business. And then our grandmother, who was eighty three years old, uh, and was ready, you know, and and was really ready. And I wasn't ready for it, but she she was ready, and and everyone was okay with it and she passed and I remember at her funeral standing there with Brandon as the funeral's ending and we're about to leave uh, the cemetery and, and he's like that's enough that's enough funerals you know because we had three just within months of, of uh, one 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 after the other it seemed like and that look back on that and said what a statement for him to make you know that, that's so, enough funerals uh, in the movie uh he didn't curse smoke chew or hang out with those who do uh is that a true story oh yeah absolutely Abs absolutely he would uh he had the, he had friends like grant garrett who's depicted in the movie and the plot and the, the the guy that plays grant garrett in the movie the uh, name is grant cook and he was actually years later a razorback football player oh really I thought, yeah i thought he's a great actor now he's kind of a character naturally well, uh was he uh was he the star that that Brandon put on the put on his backside in the uh, tackling? Uh, see, uh, you talking about being in the uh, in that drill in the cage? Yeah, in the cage. Now he was a uh, he was a uh, well, he was his roommate. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. that, that's uh, Greg Garrett, and uh, but uh, they were they were really close. And was Brandon that? Uh, that there was this uh, moment, but he always walked the same way on the sidewalk, didn't walk on the grass. And uh, was he that uh, particular or I want to say anal, but that's not the right word to use. No, here. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm not. <laughs> he came with that pretty honestly because uh, I'm okay. the exact, my wife just shakes her head. So, I mean, I, uh, she still, I said, no, you hang the towel on the shower door with the, you know, she, why do you, you know, She'll just do things the opposite just to irritate me. So, you know, that's what Brandon's. Uh, uh, yeah, I, to I totally get it. I, I had a friend come over here years ago, and it, it wasn't this lamp, but just say a lamp. And when he walked in the door, he took the lampshade and he, he made it cockeyed like that. And yeah. then he, he stood off where I, the lamp was behind him, and I'm in front of him talking to him. 
And as I look over his shoulder, I see the lamp is cockeyed. And I say, oh, excuse me, wait just a minute. And then I go and fix the lamp, and he got me. I mean, he, he just totally got me in that moment. But sure. I, I, could, I could resonate uh, mm-hmm. with Brandon because and my daughter is the same way. And I've apologized to her many times, and it's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that you got this. But uh, but yeah. actually, I mean, it, it's also a, a gift as well. I mean, there's usually a liability to all of our gifts, but I know they mocked him you know, in, in the movie for being so. Right. No, he did things a, a certain way, and I, I think that he was uh, more so probably stronger on that than I was. But, I mean, I've got it. My wife would say, no, y'all are exactly the same way on that. But I was doing when he before he was even born, I, I could I look back and think of things that, you know, just minor little things as a as a kid that that I that I did that were similar to that. But yeah, that's uh, absolutely absolutely the truth. One thing I I, I want to mention though, uh, in case I forget, there was a story and I I'd heard about this years later and I, uh, that uh uh, one of the Razorback player, players came into uh, the dorm and Brandon's sitting there working at his, at the desk and he's got all his books arranged above his head the way they're, you know, he knows where they're at. He knows in order. Well, I, I call that efficiency. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Rick. I do too. Exactly right. And he's writing and uh, the player is, is talking to him over. He said, Burl said, Man, you, uh, how, how are you doing what you're doing? I mean, you're, you're up, you know, you're, you, you start off as a walk on and now you're playing and you're working your way up and, you know, you made all comforts and, 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 uh, the word was that Brandon never looked up from, from what he was doing, reached up above his head, picked up a book, showed it to him, put the book back is the Bible and went back to writing. Wow. How do you do it? Show them the Bible, put it back. Wow. So pretty, pretty powerful story. Yeah. And, and, and this is the, uh, not just a Hollywood scripted, uh, underdog story. This is a legit underdog story. Uh, here's a country boy that, you know, nobody's ever going to hear of. He's going to work, uh, down mm-hmm. at the factory all of his life. Uh, but he has an ambition of playing for the Arkansas Razorbacks, and it's just not going to happen. No way, no how. He does make it, and it's just a phenomenal story. Now, I, I am, uh, you know, friends with uh, Danny and uh, Deborah Ford, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been in their home a few times, and, and the connection there uh, is that Danny, uh, after he left Clemson, uh, they won uh, the championship in 1981. They had an undefeated uh, season and then he went to Arkansas and so he coached uh, Brandon Burlesworth for a year or two mm-hmm. uh, and and then he left and then uh, I guess it was uh, Nut uh, what is that right what's his name yeah, Houston Nut mm-hmm. Houston Nut came in and 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 finished finished the deal but Brandon uh, went from a walk on uh, to you have no future here, uh, to getting a scholarship, to moving uh, as a starter. And he was, was he offensive guard or? Mm-hmm. Offen- offensive, offensive guard, guard. Mm-hmm. three-year right, starter. Three-year starter. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, uh, for you all, there are videos uh, on uh, YouTube, uh, games and interviews and so forth. And so there's a lot of information out there. 
Marty, are you okay? Uh, being uh, Brandon's uh, older brother uh, is kind of like I am. I, I I no longer have an identity. I I am uh, you know Tristan's dad. Or, you know, oh, yeah. our, our daughter's you know dad. I don't have an. I I used to have an identity. Uh, but yours would be even more off the chart because of, you know, what happened. Are, are you okay being Brandon's brother? Oh, yeah. You bet. I'm proud to be. Absolutely. Okay. Then Absolutely. walk me walk me through the, uh, or what you know, I mean, the, the wreck. Uh, my understanding is that he, uh, I assume he went to sleep, though I don't think I've read that anywhere, but and clipped a 18-wheeler and then it, and, and then hit another one or something like that. I think, Rick, you probably got you, what you said is about as much information as we have. And uh, I had the state police look into it and probably, you know, while there was still time to check to see if there was any negligence, anything like that. I, I'm not, uh, I talked to the truck driver that night. He called the house. The house was full of people and reporters and TV crews. And uh, this is the night of Brandon's accident. And uh, I went to a back room and talked to him. And of course, he was, you know, he sent it on ESPN. And, uh, and uh, to say the least, he was not in a good way. And I was very sympathetic with him. And I, I wanted to know what happened. And what you said basically is, is what happened. He clipped. Why did he clip? We don't, we don't know. Um, I remember that he was late getting in that day. And uh, I can tell you that I, I, I had no concern because, so what, you know, he just didn't make mistakes. I mean, that's not to make him sound perfect, but as far as, you know, things like right. that, not worried about that. I mean, it wasn't perfect at all, but he didn't, the common things like that, you know, I'm not worried about that one little bit. Uh, he had called me earlier that day, uh, seeing if I could get a, park for his car. And I told him, I said, yeah, I know where to do that. I'll just, and then he had lunch with a good friend is actually coach Bender's son. Who's depicted in the film. That's on crutches, uh, had, had lunch with him and, uh, then was headed, headed back home. But we really, uh, you know, I, it doesn't matter, but you know, you want to know, right. and I had it investigated, uh, someone volunteered that it was in that business. I mean, I wasn't, we weren't trying to do anything, but I thought if there's some something wrongful that we need to know about, I, I don't want Brandon, you know, uh, I guess, uh, seem at fault if he wasn't at fault at all. We just don't, we, there's nothing. All we can say is the report was he crossed the center line. Why did he? Don't know. Could have fallen asleep, and that's the way it was depicted yeah. in the film that possibly he fell asleep. I did ask that they did not, they did exactly what I asked them to do. And uh, that wasn't always the case, but I said, I'd like you to go to whiteout, uh, you know, no, nothing on, no graphic. So if anyone's afraid of seeing anything like that, but you're not going to, there's no, nothing with the wreck, but they just went to a whiteout and, uh, because we don't know. How hard was it for you and your mama to, uh, watch the screening? That's pretty tough, pretty tough. Actually, the first, uh, and that's a really good question, Rick. I'm glad you asked that. Um, the producer, uh, we kept, I kept wanting to get sneak peek, sneak peek. And his, he finally started telling me, he said, 
you know, it's sort of like I'm getting you a new car, but it's got mud all over it. I said, I don't want to show you the new car with mud all over it. I, I want to shine it up. Uh, it's not ready yet. And because other people, they were having screenings uh, around the state. Uh, they were doing the thing where you go in and screen and they fill out a card and, you know, this is what I think of it. And with an unfinished film, you know, like you could see green screen and right. things were put in and, different things like that. Uh, I, I didn't get to see any of that. I was wanting to, you know, get to see, now they did send me a couple of clips later on, uh, segments, but, uh, he said, uh, producer said, I think it'd be best to see that premiere. And I said, no, no. I said, we got to see it first. I said, our family needs to see that because, you know, we don't want to get all messed up. I certainly don't want that for mom at the premiere so we uh we've got like a theater room here at our home and and he brought it over and he and his wife that you know the one that was with him to begin with 11 years earlier uh to pitch the idea and uh after it was over my mother made statements that that uh, that captures brandon you know it, that's that, that captures him so yeah uh, i would i would be a mess uh oh. at, a pre at a preview and then have to step out and I'm sure there'd be microphones in my face and, uh, that, that would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, you know, we had, we had two, well, we had three premieres. Actually, we had one in Little Rock, Arkansas. We had, and, and this is where the actors in and the red carpet and all of that we had one in Fayetteville where the university of Arkansas is located. And we had one in, uh, Canton, Ohio at the pro football hall of fame, the pro football hall of fame contacted, uh, us about, uh, premiering the movie up there. That was really neat. Uh, yeah. They had seen, you know, the trailer. They knew that it, uh, as I said, it, it uh, Brandon embodied what the, that place stands for, you know, integrity and work ethic and all of that. And they, they wanted the, the film up there. So uh, we, we premiered it up there. But yeah, we did want to, certainly wanted to see it. Uh, what was your career? Uh, you, you were in your late 30s. You had a career path, and I'm assuming what you're doing now is not what you were doing then. No, it is. It is not. Uh, actually, that's that. That uh, you see the me on the sideline with a camera. That's what. Oh I did. yeah, yeah. It, it, I no, a, I no, lens, a, uh, no lens on it. No, no lens. That's right. That's right. Uh, but I was a uh, photographer, and that's oh, how okay. I. Okay. And I wasn't a sports photographer. I mean, I could do that. But I was a uh, studio. We had a studio. We, we photographed seniors, you know, high school seniors, oh, okay. families, babies, and uh, that kind of thing. And did that for 26 years. So I did that right out of school. And uh, and we had done, done that for years. And then our our local paper said, well, you will be going to all the games? I said, yeah. I said, you want to shoot them? Yes. So that's how I ended up being on the sideline, uh, photographing all the games. And uh, speaking of the, of the, the uh, segment there with the camera with no lens on it, uh, did you see my little cameo? Did you notice the guy that said... No, no, no. no. I, I was going to ask you, are you in this movie? I'm the photographer that says you better put the lens on the camera. When he's that was you? The, that was me talking to, to my actor. They wrote that in to have... You had a know, big... That, uh, he, that, that character had a big lens camera. Is that you? Mm-hmm. That was me. Uh, I'll have to go back. Uh, yep. Yeah, because that, that was a funny part. Yep, yep. That that was me, and 
And uh, I had been on the set enough a few days, not for that part, but for other things. I said, okay, when are we going to shoot my part? Because I knew it never worked on schedule. You know, they tell you the time and they meant it, but then setting up, setting up and setting up. So I, I don't remember how delayed it was. And then we really, by the time we started shooting, and, you know, I don't, I'm not one to get nervous. I kind of got myself nervous. I man, you know, we're sitting there. With, my wife's got pictures and video of, of standing around uh, waiting to, you know, for start filming. And I think we did a take. They reset the cameras. And Neil McDonough is sitting there who plays me. And I said, uh, or maybe it's before we started filming, I said, okay. Uh, and I was getting made myself nervous. I said, got any pointers? Because we're just going to do it. You know, just going <laughs> to. And, he, and then he made the statement, uh, well, he said, as Clint Eastwood once told me, talk slow. And I think, wow, that didn't calm me down one bit. So as Clint Eastwood told me, I was looking to get a little, you know, consoling here and just relax. <laughs> as Clint Eastwood once told me, uh, now I'm intimidated. So. Sure, got it. No, <laughs> no problem. Right, exactly. Hey, yeah, so you uh... – well, I mean, videography and photography, I mean, it, it can kind of fold into parts of what you're doing now. I mean, you, you do have Yeah, we still use a lot of what we uh, did back then. Uh, I've got a real estate company now. I wish I could do it more. Well, no, I don't. Because people say, well, do you, do you want to, you know, we've got property or, or some rental stuff. But, you know, we, we're a traditional small town real estate company where we sell land houses, things like that. As the foundation has grown and grown and grown, it's, uh, I don't want to say pull me away because no, this comes first. You know, there's, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, comes before anything else we do, you know. And, and that answers the question. And, and I, I'd, I'd like for you to talk about this, uh, but the question is, this doesn't make any, or how does this make any sense? <clears throat> There's this hostile antagonism running throughout the movie. The farmer was, is the most amplified version of, of, of the evil uh, perspective. Uh, but now <clears throat> it's been all, what year did he die? 99, 1999. So uh, it's been 22 years. Uh, since his death, how does it make any sense? I mean, you can answer that question. Uh, so what are uh, some of the things that have been instituted with, you know, Burl's kids, the glasses that are on your uh, shirt? Uh, I don't wear uh, prescription glasses. I wear, um, I use readers. And these glasses here are to, to block out the blue light. Got some uh, of those, yep. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so does Brandon have uh, blue light blockers or does he have readers or are they all prescription glasses? Because I, I like his glasses. Yeah, he, uh, back in that, uh, I wore glasses back then. But one reason I wore glasses, like like we talked about, I was in the photography business. This is pre-digital. Uh, right. right. If anyone can imagine that, there, there was photography before digital, uh, shooting you, film. You, you count, you count how many, uh, shots I have, you know, I just can't go click, 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 click. No, no, because... you didn't, you didn't rapid fire them off anymore. Someone, you know, and this is shooting seniors and family, high school seniors. And boy, if you got a blinker, 
in your camera and oh boy, you know. But I mean, we had we had a, a, a really nice setup that we developed over the years, and but uh, we'd shoot medium format, which is you know big negatives because you you know you got to make big prints. We didn't shoot thirty five right. millimeter. Okay. Uh, but uh, but uh, we would. Uh, but we used a, a lot of that back then, and uh, we, uh, you know, sh- shoot uh, the the uh, and a lot of the film we and we and I, the thing is, I've got archives, archives of negatives that uh, that we you know are s- still scanning that uh, are stuff from studio, things from uh, uh, Brandon's games, a lot of from Brandon's games, and uh, and then also I've got a lot of video that uh that uh we've done but you know i've i've been uh, you know i mean truthfully you always feel like well you want him back you know you want him back you know that's not really uh, would he want to come back no no you know i would be in trouble if i had that ability he, he would not be happy with me and uh but uh what uh, I've had people say, said, well, he did, and I never looked at it that way, but uh, he did what he was supposed to do while I was here. Now you're doing what you're supposed to do, and which is, you know. He, g- he gave you the ball. He gave me the ball. He handed me the ball, you know, and we've just been trying to run with it uh, as hard as we can. We've got programs now through the Brandon Burlesworth Foundation that want uh, some uh, were Brandon's ideas like we he and I talk about uh, football camps. We said we need, need to do that. We'd seen some other NFL players do that because we knew he was going to the next level. Uh, we need to sponsor kids, bring kids to games, buy tickets to kids to go to, to uh, games. Uh, this turned into the Burl's Kids program. Now uh, we still have children attend uh, through the foundation uh, Indianapolis Colts games. But the, the bigger impact was we took that to the college level and I talked to Coach Frank Burles back then. He was at the opening game of the 1999 NFL season where they had a halftime presentation for Brandon. And uh, we had a stadium expansion going on in Fayetteville at that time. We talked about getting seats for these underprivileged kids. So we, we host 25 kids at every uh, home Razorback game. And uh, we do like uh, 10 kids in, in Indianapolis every home game. And we've done that ever since the year 2000. And these are kids that one thing at, at college level, they've never been to a game, but we give them a lot more than that. They're, they're on a college campus probably for the first time ever. Right. And they're touring around. They're seeing what a college, you know, that maybe, you know, this could be their future too. And right. I know most have never considered that. And uh, then we have yeah, that, that has to be a that has to be a total mind blow. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, for these kids to be able to do that. I've, I've got probably to, never been out of their own hometown and then, then to right. get to a college campus. Yeah. And I was thinking the same for you that you've had two experiences that a lot of people would like to have. One would be on the sidelines of a football game or in the locker room, et cetera. But the other uh, is the production, you know, of a, a full-blown, you know, Hollywood film. Uh, you've got to experience both of those things. I have been, uh, I've had the experience with football because of our relationship with, you know, Danny and Deborah, mm-hmm. you know, with the Clemson Tigers. And, uh, but those are awesome experiences. I was thinking about these little kids. I mean, in, in some ways it could be, you know, life-changing for some of them, you know, to have that experience. But 
So uh, I didn't explain the glasses on your shirt, but but walk through. Uh, Brandon had the the eye problem, and how did that evolve to? Well, I mean, yeah. of course, he had these uh, funky glasses as well. So people, and so that became a, a Clark Kent kind of thing. So I, I, I guess it, it, it became a picture for who Brandon is. But what do you do with the glasses now? Right, right. We've got a program called Eyes of a Champion. We've had it for years in the state of Arkansas. We're now in Texas and also uh, Indiana. We'd love to be in South Carolina. So, you know, we're looking to expand this program. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. You know, now, is this is this through colleges or is it? No, it's through independent. It's through uh, optometrists. We work okay. in, in, in okay. the state of Arkansas. We work through uh, uh, Walmart Vision Centers, and in, we get more actually independent optometrists than we than we uh, we do in our state of Arkansas. About a thousand exams and a thousand uh, a pair of glasses each year. These for these are for kids that uh, that are not on don't qualify for state programs. Probably the parents are working parents or parent, maybe working two jobs, just can't make ends meet. And, and uh, I mean, that eye care is crucial. Right. Uh, you talk about a game changer there, life right. changer, game changer. I mean, uh, a child gets behind, especially at a young age, gets behind in school and they don't think I can't see well. That's why uh, I'm making bad grades. They think, you know, maybe like I'm a dummy. I'm not smart as my classmates here. No, that's not it at all. And when you can flip that switch and, and put some glasses on them and now they can, you know, uh, excel. And that has been a you know, life changer for so many kids over the years. So we, we want to have that program out nationwide. It's through independent. So what we need are independent optometrists. That they just want to contact us and let us uh, walk them through the program because it's not just about getting glasses. That's, that's huge part of it. But every child that gets those, uh, gets the exams and classes, they get a copy of, uh, Brandon's book so they can read about this guy, where Good. those came yeah. from, Good. the obstacles he had to overcome. <clears throat> and then maybe I might just be able to do that myself. Was this a, a family, uh, uh, illness, uh, his, his eye trouble or just something that just, it just uh, I was, he was in the car with me one day here in town. And he said that we were talking about another player who wore glasses a couple of years before on the team with him. And, uh, and he said, let me try your zone. And uh, I mean, this is something up in college. He goes, goodness. I said, do you see better? And he said, yeah. He said, I can see the leaves on the trees a lot clearer. And I said, we'll go see, well, know our trainer uh, that had been around forever at Arkansas, just an institution said, we'll go see Dean and see what he says. And, Sure enough, you know, check, checked him out and had to have glasses because he was, uh, like me, it was more of a uh, nearsighted uh, uh, thing. So, but, you know, he could, uh, but I had him simply because there was no autofocus cameras in. When I, when the autofocus came in, I didn't need right. it anymore. But yeah. when we, with manual focus, those uh, uh, medium format cameras, I had to have them. But he, uh, he could see a lot clearer. So it was uh, very similar to mine. Was the story on the field true? Uh, in, in the movie, uh, he was missing blocks and, and so forth. Well, that's probably a little bit of movie <laughs> magic, if you want to call it that there. He didn't miss many blocks, he, but they had to find a way to tell that okay, uh, because yeah. he actually got the glasses. And I'm not trying to ru ruin this for anybody or think that. No, it's good. Of this, but, but, you know, those were, that's more of an off season. Uh, he didn't get them yeah. during the middle of the season. And then, of course, he picks out. Uh, most 
<laughs> simple, basic. I said, you know, Eric Dickerson was big time. I said, but what the, they've got, you know, those goggle. Mm, I don't like that. And I said, well, you think about contacts? And he said, I, I don't know anything about contacts. I don't like that. I did putting, you know, something in my eye. So uh, typical Brandon, just uh, Mr. Throwback, uh, uh, funny, just uh, but he came up with his, with that, which actually became uh, his, uh, you know, I guess you could say his symbol. They know? can't be, they, they were perfect. They're absolutely perfect. Right. They, they, they just, they were just yeah. spot on for him. Yeah. Just yeah, what you I expect. Mean, yeah, the glasses are like a metaphor for, mm-hmm. for who he is. Uh, one final question: that uh, the 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 trip play uh, with t- Tennessee and Arkansas. Uh, are are we okay? I don't like it too much, no. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish that was movie movie magic there. But that well, was- you said movie magic, so I was going to ask you: Did they make that up? But I actually, oh. I, I know it's so Tennessee and Arkansas both undefeated. Uh, the winners going to the championship game, I guess, and and the uh, the quarterback was. I mean, all they had to do was kill time, and they were going to win the game. And uh, the quarterback fumbled, uh, and was it Brandon's ankle? Yeah, yeah, it was. They changed that play early. See, I've got some knowledge of that. They changed that play earlier in the week. The rollout was different. They had ran it that same play earlier in the game correctly. All right, now I'm not going to say who's at fault. Well, Brandon owned it in the movie. Yeah, well, he naturally he would, and and I mean, then and uh, and we're going to have a hot. Ta- uh, you you going to give me a hot take here as we wrap up? No, no. <laughs> but I'll just say that it uh, that that was incredibly. They they nailed it the way they depicted it. It was a devastating loss because uh, we were on such a roll, and about a week before, I think it was that. Uh, maybe we we're playing Auburn. We took a knee, took a knee, you know, this time expired, but uh, time didn't expire. So I knew what we were doing. We were just going to keep the ball safely and roll it out. And that's the reason we even ran a play. So why not just take a knee? Well, we tried that a week before, but, you know, that other team had some timeouts and uh, they'd still get the ball back. And so I knew what Coach Nutt was doing. It was, it was a safe play. Right, uh, right. You know, it was a safe call, and uh, but now they said that I know the other player uh, for Tennessee. He he said, oh, "There's only one time during that game I got a push on 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 Burlesworth, but it's that play." And I'm, like, and I'm, I know better. That was designed to do that. It wasn't designed to trip, but uh, that was just a rollout to let him go that way. Uh, he didn't. You know, Brandon could, he was so good at what he did and uh, that he could fake, oh, I've got beat. You know, I've seen him get a half step back, but he's doing it because of running a draw right behind it, you know, just to sell the defender on it. So it was one of those things, but it was, that was a, yeah, that was a tough, tough loss. And they still on the SEC network will replay that game <laughs> to this day yeah. like, because it's, yeah. it's historic, you know, no doubt about oh, that. But that's, Absolutely no question. I mean, and I don't know. I mean, Brandon's story, you know, finishes with a climatic disappointment. Uh, Obviously, I mean, there's nothing greater uh, to use the name of the movie that that you 
that's more devastating than actually what happened to him. Um, that football season is kind of similar. I mean, it, it was just it was going up, 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 and uh, it was just a it, it was a dream season. And there was only one way this was going to end, and it didn't end that way. And how does any of this make sense? Which goes back to the, the question of the entire movie. All right. So uh, anything like you want to plug you got coming up, you know, with the, the foundation, I'm going to put links in the show notes for the movie, the foundation and, you know, so forth. So people can easily access those, but what do you we've got? got the, uh, yeah. We've got our Burlesworth trophy ceremony. And that'll be here in Arkansas. If you've ever heard of crystal bridges museum uh, in Bentonville, Arkansas, world renowned. How far are you from Bentonville, the home uh, of Walmart? We're about 70 miles. 70, okay. Mm-hmm. Not far at all, but uh, this is the museum that Alice Walton put in several years ago, and it's just, I mean, we've been in New York City and would say something, they'd, uh, we were somewhere, and they'd say, Crystal Bridge is something, I mean, it's known. And so this is the first year that we'll be out there. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be a, uh, this is a, for the, the number one division Walton uh, player, that began their career as, as a, uh, as a walk-on number one division, one player began the career as a walk-on and there's, you know, we've got 89 nominees from around the country, which is a record. And, uh, so, uh, we've got a selection committee, which includes coach Danny Ford. He's on that selection committee has been since the very beginning, but this is a trophy you know, that, if, uh, that we're proud of. And of course, if Brandon would, had been given a scholarship to begin with, we wouldn't have this award. So, yeah, and we, and we didn't work through all the list of things that have sure, transpired. But, 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 yeah, but on one of those is now. Didn't did Hunter Renfro? Uh, yes, from Clem, from Clemson, and he's playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, and so. Uh, every year there is a trophy given to the number one walk-on. Is it the walk-on that actually makes the team or gets the scholarship? Uh, it's it's performance-based. It's, okay. it's, it's going to be a Hunter Renfro type. In other words, they're probably not being nominated if they're, if they're standing on the sideline, you know, because you've got to be, a, you've got to be contributing to your, to your team. Okay. Uh, yeah. Baker Mayfield's a two-time winner, so that tells you the type of – Player. He was he was a walk on. He was a walk on. He was a walk on twice. He walked on at Texas Tech and then he walked on at Oklahoma. So he and won the starting on. job both times. He walked on, walked off, then walked on, and that's exactly it, right. That's exactly right. So yeah, he was a walk on. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that? But uh, no, this is this is a uh, this isn't uh, no disrespect, but the Rudy Award that you know uh, you get a dress out and stand there. No, this is performance-based. So, like, you know, the Hunter Renfro's, uh, who's who's a special player, special person, and, and is really doing great things for the Raiders uh, now. And uh, so we've got some uh, great nominees in this year, and, and we've got a, a tremendous selection committee that's working through all of those. So but we're our event's December 6th at 7 p.m., uh, we will be streaming it, so information will be coming out on that. But it's uh, it's going to take on a new look this year. It's going to be uh, uh, quite a show. We're looking forward to that. But top of our list, as always, is our Eyes of a Champion program. You know, we're looking to get out and having greater reach with that. It will help more kids because it does make such a big difference. So any uh, independent or any optometrist out there that uh, are working in the eye care industry or, yeah. or, you know, we work through school nurses, through school systems. Uh, 
we've set it up where, where we can add uh, states, add areas very smoothly, very easily, and it's very efficient. And, uh, you know, give those kids a gift of sight. And then also, you know, through Brandon's story, you know, give them some hope and, and encouragement. Yeah, I am talking to uh, Marty Burlesworth, uh, the older brother of Brandon Burlesworth, who uh, passed away in a tragic traffic accident uh, in 1999. Uh, his uh, trophy case, uh, I, I'm not, not trophy case, his uh, locker in the uh, Arkansas Razorback locker room is encased, and uh, he is, his jersey is retired, uh, one of two people that at that time had their jersey retired, and it's really a picture of the gospel uh, as, as people are looking at a man dying on a tree, and you know, all the apostles are like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, We wanted a king. We had expectations that these things were going to happen. He's going to die on a tree, and of course, it changed the world. And so in an echo of that Brandon's life and death, uh, there has been so much transformation and so much impact in thousands of people's lives. I mean, to the point to where people like Hunter Renfro would consider it a true honor, you know, to be able to receive the Burlesworth Trophy and all the others that have received it. They want to be in the competition. They want to be selected because it's not just getting a trophy, but it is really just punctuating a, a career of, of hard work and dedication and a reward for that. And Brandon's life exemplified that. Uh, he, he was the least of the least. Uh, uh, I, I suppose in any high school annual, it would say uh, least likely to succeed, maybe. Uh, but uh, he was he was a phenomenal person, and so I just encourage anyone to. You have to watch the movie. Uh, you you really do. It is so good, and uh, it, it'll it'll in, it'll inspire. And so Brandon's life continues to live on uh, through the movie and and all of these initiatives that have been started. Marty, uh, uh, thank you. You've been very generous with your time. And and it is true. I mean, Brandon, he gave you a handoff and uh, and you, you, you took the ball and you've been running with it well for 20-something years now. And I, I hope that continues on. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on today. And uh, yeah, I'd like you said, encourage everyone to go uh, to uh, See greater on Netflix or, or you know wherever you can find it because uh, that's what we want. We want to be an inspiration. Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.